and welcome to another episode of Inside the Squad. We have a great conversation today for you to listen to. We had a couple guests, actually a few guests. We had uh, kind of first and foremost um, Officer Mark Roberts. We brought him in. He's our school head school resource officer. And really the, the whole podcast is about the importance of school resource officers, his day-to-day job, and um, his career. So it was a great conversation. And we had uh, a couple other guests. Dave Hunky, he is with the city and with marketing and communications. And then also my man Marvin Bills with WLFI, he joined us and we got a little insight from him. So it was a good, good, good conversation and we hope you enjoy. Good afternoon, Patty. Hello, Ian. You weren't here the last time, were no, you? No, I know. I think you probably scheduled one with no notice at all. <sighs> That's I, not it, fair. You know, so, some of us have things that we have to do regularly, responsibilities and obligations. But You, you know. look great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> 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 deflect. Hey. Deflect. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Tom, you weren't here either, were you? I don't think I was. You were with your kid. Yes. How is she doing? Two she's now. Two I she's. have a three-year-old and a three-month-old. Oh, wow. So my life is wonderful right now. That's right. They're healthy. Yeah. Life is wonderful. Yep. It's all good. Although I don't really miss diapers. No. No? No. Captain. You have grandkids like I do, and then, then you occasionally have diapers. Occasionally. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, do not miss diapers. We'll come to you last, sir. No. Okay. Mr. or Officer, I'm sorry, Mark Roberts. How you doing, sir? I'm good, thank you. Uh, glad to be here. Thanks for the invite. Uh, pretty exciting. Yeah, I was uh, pretty excited to get you on here as well. So Mark is our school resource officer. He is the school resource officer, and we'll get into more of that here in a little bit. But uh, I appreciate you coming over here and having a conversation. We also have a newbie to the show, Dave Hunky. He is, go ahead, throw your title out there, sir. Director of Marketing and Communications for the city. Now, you just recently obtained that role, correct? Yes, April 1st it started. Okay. All right. And so technically, Patty. I'm Dave. communications manager, and Dave is my boss. Yes. All right. But that's what you were going for, right? Correct. Okay. And you look great. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, yeah. Okay. So, He's, he's here today to see how this works, and uh, and if he really likes it, maybe we'll invite him back, right? Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. We'll, we'll have see. to see how he does. We'll see. All right. No, no, it'll be fun. Fingers I crossed. I yeah, I know. He's, he's got a background in all sorts of things you never even know, and he shines in, so far, every area. Good. Glad to have you, sir. Appreciate it. Thank you. So we also have another guest in the room, although he doesn't have a mic. Maybe we can get him one here in a little bit. Mr. Marvin Bills. He is with WLFI, and he's shooting a story for us. Uh-oh. Yep, yep. Say hello. Step on over, Marvin. <laughs> hello, hello. <laughs> Thanks for being here. I uh, do appreciate it. You're going to run this story about the same time that we put this out, right? So that'll be Monday. What was that? September. Anybody got a phone call? So the hope is that if you're listening to this, you already, you've already seen the story. Yes. That's kind of weird to wrap your mind around that, right? Well, we do appreciate you, sir. Well, I like being here. This is fun. Yeah. You're next guest, October. Yeah. We're going to make idea. it happen. Great idea. We'll put like it on. That. We'll get it on the calendar. Okay. All right. Well, we appreciate that. So he's going to. He's going to video this session, a little bit of it, and then uh, we'll speak about it afterwards, and then the story will run on Monday, which is kind of cool because uh, we're hoping to get more listeners so we can uh, get information put out there about what's going on in the community. And uh, it, to me, it worked out at just the right time because I really do want people to know about the school resource officer program and, and what our school resource officers do, what Mark does on a regular basis, and, and just the importance and the necessity of having school resource officers. So, uh, well, first and foremost, I guess this is kind of all about you today, to be honest there, uh, Mark. How long have you been a police officer? It'll be 24 years in January. It's a long time. It's a long time. Good career so far? It's been an awesome career so far. 
So just give us a little background. What, what have you done in the past 24 years here at LPD? In 24 years, about the first eight years of my career, I worked the afternoon shift. I always wanted to be busy and run calls and type reports. And then I decided to take that and go into the traffic division uh, where I was our lead investigator on hit and run and fatality crashes. Um, did that, enjoyed that. But when the school resource officer position came open, I'm like, this is a no-brainer, can't-miss opportunity. Um, they offered me the job full-time about three years ago, and I've been in this position ever since. And I kind of look back thinking, man, I should have done this earlier, but it's just a great opportunity. So man, there's, a lot, there's a lot to unpack there. Yeah, yeah I mean, you uh, just kind of a little bit of background. I mean, you, you worked in the schools prior to becoming the official SRO. Correct. I worked on my days off, I believe, since 1999. I've been in the schools on an off-duty capacity, working sporting events, dance recitals, whatever, but then became full-time about three years ago. So I've been in the schools most of my career as a police officer as well. I can't believe it's only been three years that you've been doing that, Mark. Do you think that, I mean, I'm thinking back to all the things that you've done as an SRO and all the things that have been done in the last three years. Do you think that's because you were guiding that and coming up with all these new ideas, or has the position just naturally evolved and you've been along for the ride? Can you uh, shed a little I, light on A lot on of that? the stuff I've tried to spearhead because, you know, I, I think in the last 20-plus years I've seen a lot of different things. I think, hey, we can make a difference with that. Uh, the student of the month program, uh, I know one of my commanders said, hey, I'm thinking of this. So we ran with it. And that's, I mean, that's an awesome opportunity for elementary kids. And then, you know, Officer Towns and I, we like to get out in the public and make videos, you know, safety videos and different, you know, teacher appreciation videos to show the community, you know, as officers, how much we really care and how we're involved. I mean, we're not just officers. We're also uh, citizens of the community. So if those are all on our YouTube channel, I believe, the the SRO videos, back to school safety, things of that yeah, nature. Yeah. And if, Instagram. Yep. Yeah. And if you guys haven't had a chance to take a look at that, I mean, that that's some good stuff. Well, the teacher appreciation video, that was kind of during COVID. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of a, you know, a, a downtime. Everybody, you know, was missing school, missing the interactions with the kids. So Officer Towns and I thought, Hey, we're going to do what we can to try to, you know, get everybody excited again. And it, it was a long process to make the video, but I mean, probably one of the more fun things I've ever done in this career. I, I really enjoyed that. It's one of my favorite ones. How many people did you have working on the back end of that? I know your daughter was there, at least well, part my, of it. My 13-year-old daughter is the one who pieced it all together. So she gets all the credit for that. But John and I, we just said, hey, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. And we went out and made it happen. And there's more to come, right? Oh, yeah. There's always more to come. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We, we're going to make some good videos. We have some ideas there in the, uh, the hopper. You know, you, you talked about you and Townsend. I mean, you can't really find – I know we have more good officers that could definitely do those roles. But, I mean, you guys are at the top as far as just personality. And, and it's, it, is it fair to say it's a different type of policing? It's a completely different style of policing. Uh, some guys think, hey, you know, we have to rule with, a, you know, basically a iron fist. Iron fist. And, but, and in the schools, it's, it's not that way. I mean, you got to work with the kids and you got to really make the kids um, respect you. And the more they respect you, the, you know, the, the more they're going to do for you when you ask them. Because a lot of intel we get. It comes from the kids inside the schools. And when you say make them respect you, what what exactly do you mean by that? Just like how, and, how do you get them to respect you? Just go out and talk to them. I mean, treat them like human beings. You know, it doesn't matter if they're in fifth grade or if they're a senior in high school. You treat them like a human being. And my motto is I'm going to treat them how I want them to treat me. Yeah. So if I go out there and I interact with them in the hallways, you know, it may be a high five or a fist bump or just a, hey, what's up? you're starting to get their respect and they're, and they're starting to, you know, trust you because they see you only as a uniform when you stand there like a statue. But when you're out interacting, they see you as a human being. And, and I'll throw this out there. I've coached uh, basketball at Tecumseh for about 10 years. So a lot of these kids know me as a coach rather than as a police officer. You know, I give them rides home, buy them dinner, you know, take them places. And that really, really, 
bridges the gap for a lot of them. So some some of the things that we've talked about on the podcast, you know, the educational piece in the community, you know, there's a lot of things that we do with the Junior Police Academy and other, and our, you know, our division is pretty heavily involved in that. But that that affords you that opportunity in the schools to kind of build off of some of those things, because once you're able to establish that rapport and 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 help, you know, younger kids understand that everything that they see on TV or they see on social media this is a different perspective um, than it. You have that in now when it comes to educating them with regards to the things that that are important. Yeah, you're exactly right. They may see something on new, the news tonight, or they may read something on social media about, you know, hey, the police did this or the police did that. But you know, we're out there and we're showing them how Lafayette Police Department is, and we can't speak for departments all over the country. But I can say here, we got 150 solid guys that are out answering calls every day, and the kids see that, the staff members see that, and the, and I think the kids appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's important that we've been there all these years in the schools, right? But now more than ever, I mean, I think it's pretty fair. I know I never watched the news when I was in, when I was in school. You know, I was busy playing sports and running around with my friends, right? But now these, all these kids, social media is such a part of their world, and they're getting pumped full information right on literally a every minute basis and so they're seeing whatever is being pushed right it could be these negative stories about the police wherever it is and that's that's in their face all the time right and so when you have officers out on patrol they're running calls they like they, they don't honestly have a lot of time to stop and, and interact it does happen but a lot of times our partners are running calls right and so it's just so important that you're in those schools and, and the handful of other officers that are in there on a regular basis having those interactions. You know, you're not in a police car. You're not standing there like a statue. You're having these interactions showing them who we are and, and why we're here and that, you know, we're here to ensure that they're, they're the community's safe, they're safe. And uh, it's just so important so we can have that dialogue and, and build those relationships. You know, I, I just – I really want people to know that. I mean, they're not in the schools. They're not seeing in the, the interactions – uh, I know I can speak from experience. I've had administrators and students throughout the summer uh, that I've spoke with, quite a few of them, who just tell me nothing but good things about their interactions with you, uh, Townsend, and, and, and the other officers, you know. And, and then actually before this podcast, Captain Phillips and I were speaking, and, you know, when I worked in the schools it was about 10 years ago, I didn't realize – the relationships and, and the impact I was having at the time, but fast forward till na- to now, those kids that were in the schools are now, you know, have their own families, and I will see them out, out and about, whether it's on duty or off duty or whatever. Hey, Officer O'Shields, how you doing? You know, and it, it's it's so significant. And we policing isn't going away. You know, we are ingrained in this community, and so we have to have those relationships, right? Because, like you said earlier, this is our community too, and so. Uh, it's just so important, and I can keep talking. And, Dave, you're welcome to chime in too, my friend, so if you have questions. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man, you do great work, and, and I wish more people could see that on a regular basis. So, Well, and I, I think I really, really take pride in it because these kids are the future of the community. Uh, I have kids at Jeff High School, proudly I can say. I have two graduates, and then I have a freshman. Great, Jeff High School is a great place. The Lafayette School Corporation great place. Um, last year we added central Catholic high school to my, um, rotation. So I drop in, you know, and I see those administrators and stuff. So we just try to get out there in the community. Can't be in every building every day, but I mean, it's, it's so to know that my job consists of just going and hanging out with kids. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah. And you know, and it might be important for people to know as well that, you know, your job isn't just a, an eight to three thirty type of position. You're there on Friday nights for football games. You're there for basketball games at a lot of other events that they have. Um, and, you know, talk a little bit about that because that, that's a huge time commitment on your personal time. So we, uh, first of all, throughout the week at the high school, we have night security. So we have officers who are in Jeff High School all the way up to 9 p.m. If there's a sporting event, basketball, football, wrestling, whatever it might be, then we hire guys to do off-duty uh, work at these games. So uh, the last couple of weekends I've been at Jeff High School on Friday nights working the uh, football games. 
And we'll throw this out there. Jeff handled the Harrison Raiders last weekend. So. <laughs> and we don't have to talk about that. But we'll throw that out there. But, <laughs> but I really believe that for me to be successful, the kids have to see me out there. And the more these athletes see me at their events, the more that you know the staff members see me at these events, then they know I'm bought into the program also. I'm not there just because that's what I'm told to do. I'm there because that's what I want to do. That's amazing. And, you know, I, I do appreciate your personal commitment to that. But if there might be someone out in the community who doesn't understand how all this works, what portion of this is paid by your employer and what portion is maybe does the school corporation kick in? So my normal 40-hour work week is paid by the city. But anything I do after that, um, night security, Special events is all paid through the school corporation because at that point I'm an off-duty officer just like the other guys, and then the school corporation pays us. And I really appreciate the school corporation for recognizing the value that you bring to it and obviously for um, having officers there at other events too. Do you know if other school corporations have SRO programs? Do you uh, coordinate anything with those if they exist? The county does. Uh, we reach out to the county if we know we're going to have a big football game or if we're going to have a, a big rival basketball game. I'll reach out to the sheriff's department and see if they can send somebody to kind of handle their portion of the crowd. But we work well together. If, you know, if I need something from them, I call. If they need something from me, they call. So it's, you know, it's even though we wear different color uniforms, we work together like we're still one agency. So. You, you said, you know, I'd, you like, you love that you have a job where you're going out, hanging out with kids and making an impact. But I don't think that's not f- fair. There's so much more to it than that, right? Uh, a whole lot you, more. You're to wearing it two hats, essentially. You're a police officer and you're part of the administration, correct? Correct. What, what, uh, man. So what are your responsibilities? How many schools do you have? Do you know off the top of your head? If you include all the elementaries, Sunnyside, Tecumseh, Jeff, Oakland High School, Central Catholic High School, and then the alternative schools, there's 20 buildings. So you're 20 buildings. 20 buildings. How many student faculty are in those? Just rough estimate, do you know? I wouldn't even guess. You know, this year with the e-learning and the COVID, the numbers are down inside the buildings. But still, student body-wise, I I would be way off if I even tried to guess it. But what total? What were we talking? A couple thousand? Uh, Jeff High School. Or a few thousand? I don't know. Jeff High School on a normal has over 2,000 students. Tecumseh on a normal will have over 1,000. Sunnyside, which is fifth and sixth, will have, if not 1,000, close to 1,000. And then you got to calculate in all the elementaries, um, Central Catholic High School, um, Oakland High School. So we, I mean, we we have a large student body. So aside from you, and a lot of people may not know this, that we have officers that are in a lot of those schools on their days off. That are That's working. correct. So which schools other than Jeff and Tecumseh and Sunnyside are they in daily? Daily we have uh, Sunnyside, as you mentioned, Tecumseh, Jeff, and then we try to have somebody that checks on the alternative schools. There's five or six uh, alternative schools, and we try to have an officer that rotates around just to peek their head in and say, hey, how's things going? you have any issues? And also, it, again, it gives the kids an opportunity to see an officer and maybe ask them, hey, you know, and they ask you just the most random questions. Um, and just a side note about myself, several years ago I decided to start wearing Michael Jordan tennis shoes because that was a connection point with a lot of the kids. They, would, they wouldn't make eye contact with you. They'd say, hey, I like your shoes, and they were nice J's, and it would take me a second to figure out and then you look, oh, yeah. Then so, I mean, that was just a, a bonding point that I recognized a uh, huge thing with the kids. I think it's so important to have an opportunity to interact in something that's not intense. You know, it's, some of these children might be coming from an unstable home life or something where their only interaction with police has been negative or just incredibly tense. And so you afford them the opportunity to kick it back a notch and yeah. to, to see what you as a person are like. Well, and they also know that if they're in trouble and I walk in that, you know, there's going to be, there's, they've done something wrong. And I always tell them, I'm not mad at you, but if you've messed up, we got to get this figured out. So they also understand, Hey, we're there to, you know, sh- shoot free throws at lunch. 
but we're also there if they've messed up or if they've been in a fight or something's happened, you know, and we have to investigate it on the police side, then, you know, they understand that. So, you know, with the several thousand people that you really kind of ensure their safety and security on a regular basis, right? What exactly is your first and foremost role? I think, I don't think a lot of people quite understand that, right? What are you doing on a regular basis as far as law enforcement is concerned? Well, my number one job is the safety of the buildings, but I'm there. When I get to Tecumseh every day, I check in. If there's any issues, I communicate that with the administration. You know, a couple weeks ago, we had a social media threat. Uh, I work closely with the administration. We handled that, and uh, we got that situation taken care of. So my first job is to be a police officer. My second job is that community policing aspect of, you know, shooting free throws or going out and playing kickball. And I I have a trunk full of uh, sporting equipment in my trunk. And, you know, if kids are out playing, I may take a football out and throw it to them and say, hey, enjoy. And, you know, that's – yeah. But it, so I guess what I'm trying to get at is that you're not in there just arresting. If something happens, uh, you know, you're not just in there arresting everybody, correct? You're in there. It, it, ideally, you want the administration to deal with most of the, in an ideal world, all of the, the situations, right? Correct. But obviously Our, when it becomes, sorry, it becomes criminal or it puts people or others in danger, that's where we step in. So our main objective is not to make arrests inside the schools. We work uh, with the JDAI. And we've, oh, oh, oh. which is juvenile detention alternative initiative. Thank you. So we work with them. We've been to a lot of conferences with judges from around the country trying to figure out how, is there a way that we can police the kids without arresting them? And I take pride that we can look each year at our numbers of arrests inside the schools and they're slowly um, dwindling. Now, last year's a bad example because the school year was cut short, but and I tell the administrators, if this is an issue, a uh, kid-on-kid fight, you guys need to handle this. This is a school problem. But then there are also issues that we, when we look at our list, that automatically jumps up to a law enforcement issue. You know, any type of sexual battery, anything to do with anything like that, automatically becomes a police issue, which it should. But a lot of the fights, the push-shoves, you know, maybe somebody's uh, – jacket was taken out of their locker the school will handle that stuff internally but we do have a list of charges that automatically jumps up into my hands and again appropriately so appropriately right? I mean, so. like especially if uh, staff's involved or, or you know stuff yeah, like sta- that in my opinion if a staff gets injured trying to break up a fight or something then that's a police issue absolutely and I think it's important for people to know that, again, you're not in there just arresting everyone. You were, you know, ideally administration takes care of it, but then we step in when appropriate. And, uh, yeah, I think you covered that that pretty well. So what as far as um, you said you go to a lot of conferences and whatnot, what extra training are you and other officers going through to work in the schools? To become the school resource officer, I had to go to a basic SRO course, it was a 40-hour course. Um, I went to that to get my certification. And then also I have to be a school safety specialist. Um, and that's an annual thing. You go to Indianapolis just for a recertification. It's a two-day co- uh, course down there. But it's just continuing education. And it may not be a lot that you go off to stuff, but it's just reading up on case laws and different uh, things that are happening in other schools around the country. And then that's how you kind of base what you do on you know court cases from other corporations yeah and and to be fair i think too it's uh choosing the individual to fill that role is so important it's just it it really isn't just anyone i mean i think it it has to be somebody with your personality um you know knowing that we're not going in there just to make arrests we're we're trying to change people's lives essentially right i mean we want to help them to to go down that correct path because they are going to be you know um uh, productive, hopefully productive members of society in our community. And, uh, you know, I just think that's so important that you just have to have a different mindset. It's like I said, initially, it's a, it's a different way of policing, but it's a necessary way. Yeah. And I, when we hire the security officers to work in the schools, that's one thing that we instill in them. We're not out here to arrest these kids. We're not out here to make 
life miserable for these kids because there might be some kids at school that that's the safest place they got. So we want to make them comfortable while they're there from 7.30 to 3.30 or however long they're at school. They should feel comfortable and they should be safe there. And I want our officers to be part of that. You know, they, they're required to be in the hallways during passing periods. They're required to be in the cafeteria during lunch because we want that interaction. Um, we don't need wallflowers that are just going to sit around and respond only to a radio. We want guys who are interacting. And I think we have, if we have 25 guys working at the school, I would take those 25 guys any day. I, I'm not confident in what they do. Oh, absolutely. And, and, and again, they enjoy being in there. They enjoy building those relationships. And uh, usually when guys start that gig, I mean, they do it for years and years and years. I mean, they really do. They Again, you've been there for years. I know uh, LT Amos has been there for years. I mean, it, it's just – it's very, very important. And uh, so I'm going to ask you this. What what was your mindset when you started hearing uh, people that were advocating for taking SROs out of schools? I mean, what was your – well, I got to be honest. I just when those people were saying, "Hey, uh, we don't need the police in the schools," those are the people who have never been in the schools to see how the police. They're thinking of, "Hey, this is how the police act on the street. This must be how they act inside the schools," and that's not. It's two completely different atmospheres. Guys don't work inside the schools because they want to get rich. The money's not what brings them there. What brings them there is the ability to interact with the kids. And I and I'm I'm sold on that because there's other gigs off-duty jobs that officers can do that pays a whole lot better money. Like almost double, correct? Almost double. And where we are right now, the guys that are there, like uh, you said, have been there for a long time. And we're still getting young guys come in too. So the young guys are hearing the older guys say, hey, this is a good job to have. You know, you may see the, a kid in the school, sees you on the street, and he may give you some information just because he trusts you now. And he may say, hey, I know who broke into the store the other night at so-and-so and you get that based on because he trusts you from the school you, you aren't going to get that if it's, you're just some random beat cop it's got to be somebody they trust yeah I do, I, and again it does it just it pays dividends to work in the schools again you get to know these the, the citizens right they're kids but they're citizens of our, our community and then down the road you know hey hey officer roberts i mean it might help everyone involved, right? I can't tell you how many people in the last 20 years have said, you don't remember me, but I used to go to Jeff High School. You used to work at the school. I mean, it's I, – I couldn't even estimate how many people. And this past summer, um, kid comes up. I didn't recognize him till he told his story. And I used, to, I used to arm wrestle him every day at lunch. And to this day, he's probably in his mid-30s, and he still remembers that. And, and he come up told me the story and I'm like, yeah, I remember that. But to him, that was a huge deal that I took time out of lunch to what I would always tell him, embarrass him in front of his friends. But he's remember, he'll remember that the rest of his life. Absolutely. And that's, that's huge. I, re I remember when you uh, played the role of the Grim Reaper for every 15 seconds at Central Catholic. Yeah, that, that was awesome. Been, I don't know, 2007 or so. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Cause, um, they central Catholic asked me to do that because the guy who used to do it and I have kind of a deep voice and I got a phone call from the principal <laughs> and the principal said, Hey, we have a student that needs you to basically come talk to him. Cause he really honestly believes you're the grim reaper. And so really yeah, that you was interesting. The grim reaper. Yeah. You did an amazing job with that. Yeah. That was a, that was a great program. Yeah, it was, it was. Do I mean, I remember the school resource officers when I was in high school. We didn't have them. No? No. Tom? But I went to Central Catholic, so we wouldn't have had them anyway because we didn't necessarily benefit from the things that Lafayette School Corporation did. Mm -hmm. But um, I do remember that when my husband was first on the, de on the department, 1985, he was hired. Um, he worked part-time at the schools, and so that would have been an off-duty job. And at that time, they didn't have anyone dedicated as an SRO. So we did some research the other day for a program we're putting together. LSC has had the police in the schools since the 80s. And I believe Mike MacGyver was the first SRO. And I want to say in 2002 is when he became full-time position. Yeah, that sounds about right. 
I mean, another thing that probably people don't think about is, is you know the ins and outs of those schools. And so, you know, what do you hopefully mean? never. No, well, he knows how to get on the roof or what? What do you mean by hey, that? Hey, absolutely. And, and what I mean roof. by that is, is that, you know, you know, if something were to happen, you know, hopefully that never occurs. But he knows where to go, where right. to access. I mean, we it is so important. We know the ins and outs of those schools. I mean, those those, uh, you know, kids. They're the, probably the most vulnerable people in our society, right? I mean, honestly, when it comes to they need someone to protect them and make sure that they're safe. And, you know, it's just so important to be inside those schools and have many, many officers that know the layouts of those schools. We know where to go. I mean, Jeff is not a tiny place. And if you've never been in there and they say, hey, we need help in the English wing, and you've never been in there, I mean, it may take you several minutes. And in our world, that's a long time, minutes Minutes is a long time if something bad's occurring, right? I mean, I always recommend to the new officers um, come in. We have key fobs to get in any building in the corporation, including CC. Stop in when you're not doing much and just walk the halls. Look and see what room numbers there are. And especially Jeff High School, it's very, very confusing just how the building's laid out. There's three floors, and you can get completely turned around before you even know it. But if the guys will come in and, you know, walk the halls, I think that gives them an advantage when they are sent there for a medical emergency or worst case scenario, some type of threat inside the building. So if you don't know the building, you're, you're going to be completely lost before you figure it out. You know, and another thing too, I just now thought of if how many other, I mean, you got Caterpillar or places like that. They're huge. They have thousands of people, right? And they have security, Correct. right? They have security there. And so again, why wouldn't we secure Right. So, Mark, on that, what other things do the school corporations do to make sure that the children are safe and secure in the building and the staff? What other levels or layers of security do they have besides physical officers? So all the buildings, um, K through 12, they're all locked. So you have to push a buzzer. You have to identify yourself. And you have to be buzzed in. And then once you're buzzed in, you have to sign in. So that way every school knows who's been in and outside their building. All the doors are locked, um, even in the elementary schools. You have to check in at the main office before you maybe go take your child their lunch or before you, you know, bring them whatever they need. You did, the old days when I went to school, you opened the door and you just walked down the hallway and everybody waved to you and you kept going. And if you were in high school, you sometimes walked out down the hallway and out the door. Yeah, and and today that's that's complete. Even in the elementaries, they're all blocked, and the only way you get in is to be buzzed in by someone sitting at the desk. You know, as a SRO, I know that you said the county has SROs. Uh, last we spoke, there's five full time SROs in the county. The Tippecanoe County Sheriff's Department has five full time officers that work at their schools. So. You're in how many schools are in the county? Do you know? I think it's close to 20. Well, they also have two high schools to cover. Correct. But still, I mean, so, you know, I guess my point is, is that we could definitely use another full-time SRO. A couple. I, I have two cell phones that most of the time never stop ringing. Um, but my objective when I took this job was I was going to be very involved and very active. So I think the administrators know if they have an issue, they call me and a lot of it we can talk through on the phone, but if I can't talk through it on the phone, then I go to where they are and we discuss it. Yeah. And and yeah, he, he does. And, you know, also always thinking of ideas. I know you just recently, which I thought this was awesome, you know, push for the adoptive spot, right? Correct. Because your plan was to take kids over there to help clean it up and maintain it correct my goal was to take some kids from neighboring schools and give them a trash bag and rubber gloves and walk the trail with us but due to some things that just you know with waivers and different things we couldn't do that so officer townsend and i once a week go out and pick up the trash which trail is it it's the trail between 9th street and 18th street just north of the other pub it runs right along the railroad tracks. So is that considered Armstrong Trail? Is that? Yeah, it runs east of Armstrong. It it may be considered Armstrong, but it's it's not part of Armstrong. But it's a, I mean it's a beautiful trail. I mean we've walked it numerous times, and we see people out on it every day. And you know sometimes people stop and talk. Hey, thanks for what you're doing. We appreciate it. 
and other times people just ride right by. Yeah, and again, then you did the uh, we're doing the student of the month, which is awesome, uh, and we're working on that for October. What school? What school is it going to be? In October, we're going to kick off with Miller Elementary, the Mustangs. That we're going to, and the reason I chose Miller because they were set up to do March, right before COVID hit. So they kind of missed out on their student. So uh, that way we don't pass them up. I've already talked to their principal. They're coming up with a student, and we're going to present that award in October, hopefully right before fall break. What about uh, during the, the, the summertime? Obviously, you're in the schools as well, right? I mean, we're – On a typical year, I uh, handle the um, summer school details because uh, Jeff High School hosts a pretty big summer school program and not that there's a lot of pro, uh, problems there, but there have been issues in the past, so I'm always available for that. And if we're not doing that, then we're doing the Junior Police Academy or um, sometimes taking vacation, you know, just trying to burn some time off. But we're even though school's out, that doesn't mean we're sitting around doing nothing. There's a lot of stuff going on. Yeah, and I think just to kind of give people an idea of the, the different things that, that the SROs and the DARE officers are involved in, for our division, I mean, you're talking about – drug take back program national night out i mean there's all the other outreach uh things that we do you guys are actively involved in that yeah i think we gave out a if we didn't give out a thousand we gave out over a thousand cups of cone ice a few yeah. weeks ago and we spoke with well over a thousand people oh and they loved it i mean Great. they had the syrup all over their arms their hands their faces but i mean you couldn't replace those smiles for anything yeah that was that was good that was good. Definitely be bringing that back next year. For sure. Uh, Tom, you're quiet today, man. You have anything? Uh, well, I'd like to tell you talked about uh, kids coming back later, and maybe you didn't recall who they were. But have you ran into kids that you actually did remember, and maybe they turned out a lot better than you thought, and maybe it was because of your just being a good influence on them? You thought, and they might not turn out so well, but they did. Yeah, that's a great question. There's actually kids that will come up and make a comment. Hey, you know, um, what you did really made a difference. And in fact, you know, because of how you treated us or whatever made me have a better respect for the police or made me decide, hey, I one day I'd like to be a police officer. And, and that's our objective. I mean, if if we could change every kid to make them the best citizen that we can, that's our objective. I, you know, I think that's a really, really important point, and that's an excellent question because I know in, in my time and working in the schools, at least how I always approached it, and I think a lot of us did back when we were working off-duty in the schools. And I don't know that and – and I think LSC sees a benefit of that, but there are so many opportunities and so many times where officers or the SRO that are working in the school could identify some of the early kind of warning signs that, yeah, maybe there might be some issues – and pull someone aside, have a conversation, or just simple correction of behavior, and that and that prevents a bigger problem from occurring. That prevents a suspension potentially occurring later on down the road, or or something uh, more significant. That's a big deal, you know. And that you, you know, you know how do you how do you track that? You know, that's not data that's somewhere on a spreadsheet that you can look at, but. That's the intangible influence that I think officers have in the schools that, the, for the most part, the public doesn't understand. Because yeah, some of the kids we deal with, they don't have a father figure. So when they see us, and I think through my coaching has a lot to do with it, a lot of these athletes, they they kind of almost come to you as like a father figure. They come hang out in my office, and I supply you know, food, water, gum, whatever they might want. And literally, those kids—I mean—they cling on to you because that you're—I'm the closest thing they have to a male father figure. And I, and I hey, I—I I enjoy that. I don't have any boys of my own at home, so you know I got 35 of them hanging out in my office every day, and <laughs> you know, and I, and I don't think you can replace that. I totally agree. That's, uh, I wanted to ask you. So, how's this year going? This year's going really well. Our, our numbers are low right now because um, I think at Jeff, they're right around 1,500, give or take some. So th there's been several people that have stayed home with the uh, health concerns. But the behavior of the kids have, so far has been really good. Now, this is hearsay. I heard that, you know, initially, you know, we'll say 
a thousand people, I know this is going to be dramatic, you know, decided to go back to school. But since the year has been going on, people have decided to come back just because the virtual wasn't their thing. I mean, what's what's the numbers on that? Well, they've kind of shut that down for right now. Oh, okay. um, they're not letting them jump back and forth. So I think at the quarter, it's either the quarter or the semester, they're going to allow them to switch again because they don't, they don't think it's fair to the teachers to have kids there one day and gone the next and then come back. That makes there's got to be a consistency there. So do you think that there's going to be more coming I back I think more kids will come back because I, I really think the parents that really were concerned, they're seeing that maybe, hey, the school's done a great job. And I, and I take my hat off to every administrator who put in – countless hours of work through the summer to make this possible. Um, they went through, you know, working with the CDC and different people in the medical field to make sure that they were prevent, you know, they were given a safe environment for these kids to come back to. And we haven't seen the number of kids being sick right now. Now I know the flu season's coming up, so that could change, but so far I think all the buildings have been very positive with how they've handled this. Yeah, it's a whole different aspect, too. When you when you factor in the e-learning and the lack of social interaction that a lot of kids aren't getting because they are staying at home for that portion of the, the process, that's that's a big deal. Yeah, we went out and saw a couple kids yesterday at a, just like a little get-together, and they're doing virtual learning, and they said they miss their friends and they miss being at school. So that social interaction, kids may initially think, oh, yeah, I don't miss that, but when you're away from it, I think, yeah, they, that's something they need in their life. Well, that and the learning environment and I just, you know, that, yes, I, I, I believe going physically going to school is absolutely necessary. I mean, um, but that's obviously just my personal opinion. I think there's opinion. probably a whole lot of children out there who now appreciate it more than ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, they had a really long spring break last right. year. And they, a lot of kids, when we'd see them out throughout the summer, they would tell you, "Hey, I'm I'm ready to go back." Mm-hmm. You know, and, and LSC, I know they uh, did a great job with getting meals to these kids who didn't have that ability. So that was a that was a great program they ran over the summer. But now the kids are back. I think they're where they're comfortable again for a lot of them. You were involved in that too, weren't you? Yeah, we Officer Towns and I delivered some food to some kids. We we ran patrol calls through the summer uh, for a period of time and. You know, you get there and mom and dad's out of work and, you know, they're just talking about, hey, you know, we're just really struggling because we don't have money to eat. And so we go get some bags of food and deliver it. It's good stuff. Glad glad that you guys were a part of it. Glad we could be a part of it. Marvin, you've been quiet back there, buddy. Is there anything you want to ask Officer Roberts? Your uh, thoughts on SROs? Was there SROs at your school? Yes. He said yes for those that may not have heard him. All right. Do you remember them? And he remembers them. Good, good. Did they turn your life around? I wasn't that good at that kid. He says he wasn't. He wasn't a bad kid, but I mean, was there, can you, can you give him a mic real yeah, quick? Yeah, absolutely. Did, did, uh, I guess, you know, what are your thoughts? First off, how old are you? 24. Oh, man. So, and so where were you from, Marvin, or where are you from? I'm from Indianapolis. I went to Ben Davis. Oh, okay. So I went to big high school. school about as big as Jeff. Right. Yeah. Well, it's kind of, you know, obviously, I think it's fair to say we're kind of biased as far as thinking that officers need to be in the schools. What are your thoughts? Uh, I remember the SROs that we had in, in, at Ben Davis. I, they were always cool. So it's kind of ironic listening to you talk about the connections you make with the kids that you interact, that you see every day, because I used to see that all the time. Our SROs used to just hang out in the cafeteria and joke around with kids and they knew they, they, it was like they were friends. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's important for community? I mean, I do because uh, one of uh, our SROs, I think his thing was officer Johnson to this day. We, I still see him on Facebook, not as friends, but just other kids that go to Ben Davis. Now will share a picture of him because you know, they'll see him out, on patrol sometimes or out in the street and they do feel comfortable talking to him about different things that happen in the community because of that connection and relationship that they've created with them in school. No, that's awesome. That's good. Yeah. I mean, 
I, I, I actually feel bad for the, you know, I don't know, smaller agencies or schools that aren't able to have SROs. You know, I, I just think it's it's just such a good thing. So that's cool to hear. I think it's it, it was just also cool because I think that you you were right when you said that it does allow kids to see officers in a different light than what they're used to seeing officers in. Yeah. Especially living in a big city like Indianapolis. A lot of times when you see officers, it's not a good thing. <laughs> So it was it was good for kids to be able to interact with officers and see the human side of the officer as a person and not as a object as as a you well, know authority. absolutely you know you kind of bring up a good point it's it's tough because police work there's violence it's it's violent right we're getting we're not getting called to good situations right and so when that's getting portrayed either in person or in the media or whatever, I mean, especially as a young kid, I mean, they're, they're looking at that, and I think that's all they hone in on. They're not honing in on, you know, why are the police officers there? Why are they dealing with that individual? They're just seeing merely the, the, the maybe the negative or violent interaction between the officer and whoever they're dealing with. And so uh, – and then if you have out, outer influences, they're saying, oh, well, the officers, you know, look what they're doing to those people – you know, and, and, and then again, patrolmen don't have the time to go around, honestly, on a regular basis and, and build those relationships, right? And again, that's why it's so important we have outreach uh, officers to go out and build those relationships and explain and educate why and what we do. And, you know, at that young age, it's just, it's so important. So that's cool that to hear it from a different, uh, you know, Indianapolis area. Yeah, I so. didn't know what an SRO was to be honest. With you. Oh, really? I had no idea. I did, I thought the, good kid. Look out a good. Man. I thought that the officers were just there t- patrolling the school. Mm-hmm. And when I saw Officer Johnson in the rack with kids, I I didn't I didn't know that he was at, that that was his actual job. I didn't know that he actually did that. I thought he was just there patrolling. Yeah, he's getting paid to be cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So you actually like at right now you just realized you didn't know? No, I I when I graduated high school, oh, okay. Okay. I knew I knew what an SRO was, but at when I time. was in high school at the time, I I didn't know. I just thought it was an officer patrolling. And so I guess my last question would be, do you think it's necessary that they're in the schools? Do you think it is a good thing? Mhm. Yeah. I felt safe. Good. Even if I even if I saw if it was just him, I still felt safe because you know the school. You know where to go. He he knows where to go yeah. if something were to go down. Good, yeah. I know we uh, – I went to the academy, I think, with is, – is there – are they a part of IMPD, do you know, or is it their own entity? I haven't – I wouldn't know. Don't know? Mm-mm. I was just curious. Do you know that? Some of the bigger Indianapolis schools have their own police, police departments. Police department? Okay. Yeah. I, I'm not sure Ben Davis does, but I know like Pike Township and some of them have their own – departments just corporations wow. that's shocking to me wow. no I, again i remember when, when i was in the academy one of the you know guys that i went to the academy with was going to work for a the high school police department for the school corporation yeah I, just, I didn't know what it was i can't remember i what think you're going to see more of that i think you're going to see some of these corporations form their own police departments five seven ten man departments and that'll be, I know Avon, Brownsburg, you're, you're starting to see a lot of those just say, hey, you know, we're going to do our own thing. I need to process that because they would, they would be sworn officers. Sworn officers. Oh, yeah. 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 They're, it's no different than our police department. It's just it's a five-man and their only jurisdictions, their school. Huh. Well, it's, I mean, really, it's like Purdue. Well, yeah, but right? Purdue is Purdue and the, the campus is huge and the buildings and, you know. Some of these high schools, their campuses are massive. They really are. Did I tell you I went to CC? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, how many kids were at Ben Davis? I don't even. We had uh, 4,000 kids in this school. Our ninth grade center was connected to our high school. So we had like 4,000 kids. Wow. Maybe, so almost, maybe 5,000, to be honest with you. Because I had 1,000 kids just in my graduating class. Wow. <laughs> 79. 79. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And do you know off the top of your head, like, is there another school to where, is there a school that you know that was even bigger than Ben Davis in the area? I, I'm not familiar with those schools down there. North Central. North Central's yeah, got to be close. Yeah. But 
I mean, I went to Ben Davis, so I'm going to talk that school up. No, I got uh, you. Yeah, no, really absolutely. I was just curious, so, like, size-wise. <laughs> and I'm, I'm guessing, you know, when you go out and, you know, like a Chicago or a New York, I'm sure they got campuses to where there's 10,000 kids, you know, something. Well, IPS, Indianapolis Public Schools, they have multiple high schools, but that's one corporation. Oh, yeah, yeah, I guess, yeah. And absolutely. they have their own agency. Wow. Yeah. Well, anybody else? This is a good conversation. I'm glad you thought of it, Gap. I, that wasn't mine. Man. That was <laughs> yours. Yeah, I know it was. And, uh, and I, I've told Mark this countless times uh, in, in his role that he does. I'm super impressed with the job that he does. And, um, yeah, I mean, it just, you know, that the right type of person in that position is, is crucial. And uh, we're fortunate enough at LPD to have you doing that job. So thank, thank you. you. Yeah, absolutely. I can't agree more. So with, I'm going to put you on the spot. When am I going to have to try to f- fill your shoes? I'm not old enough to quit yet, so <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about it for a while, I hope. All right, good, good. No. All right, well, I appreciate everybody being here. Kind of a special appearance from, from David, Marvin. Thank you, sir. Uh, Mark, definitely appreciate it. And then the crew, I always appreciate you folks. This has been Inside the Squad, a podcast from the Lafayette Police Department in Lafayette, Indiana. Inside the Squad is a community outreach podcast and is hosted by Sergeant Ian O'Shields and Captain Brian Phillips of the Crime Prevention Unit within the department. Today's episode included School Resource Officer Mark Roberts, who discussed his lengthy career with LPD and the School Resource Officer position. Also joining us was Marvin Bills from WLFI TV 18 News. You can email us show ideas or questions at podcast at lafayette.in.gov. Remember, you can join us also on Instagram, Twitter, Nixle, and Nextdoor. Until next time, thanks for listening.